What's up, friend? And welcome to the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and this is Become a Relationship Badass, where I bring you powerful interviews and sometimes it's just me talking about things, (laughs) all in service of helping you to create badass, intimate relationships in your life. I do believe that the quality of my relationships strongly affect the quality of my life. And so with that, I'm here to help as many people as I can create high quality, unbreakable, truly fulfilling relationships. Thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This is episode eight. I'm Nikki Sunshine, and it is a blessing to be here with you guys. It truly is. It's about 6.30 on the mountaintop right now, p.m., and the darkness has just fallen, and I've got candles and plants all around me, and my two cats both curled up on an afghan. <laughs> um, it's... It's a pleasure to be able to serve from this space. So thank you for making that possible because if you weren't listening, there wouldn't be much service happening here, huh? All right. Well, today I'm talking about, I'm actually, I'm going to do a two-part series Um, on what I'm calling Rockstar Communication. So this is the first part of that series. Today we're going to talk about responsible listening. And then next week I'll bring you part two of this Rockstar Communication series and I'm going to talk about attentive listening and skilled listening. Um, So we're going to get both sides of communication, speaking and listening. I don't even want to say both sides because there's so much more, right? There's body language, there's a look of the eye, lots of nonverbals. But um, we're going to talk about speaking and listening in in a two-part series here. So definitely come join me next week. You're going to want to, you don't want to just learn how to responsibly speak without learning how to listen like a fucking badass, right? (laughs) That wouldn't be very satisfying for your partner at least, I guess. Good to have both. <clears throat> so let's just dive into the tips here. Um, I've got like four tips. So if you want to get a notepad and pen and paper, or <laughs> a pen and some form of paper, go for it. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, you can always replay this later. So tip number one towards responsible speaking. I guess let me rewind a bit. What is responsible speaking? To me, Um, to me, responsibly speaking is essentially just having an awareness around my language and the way that I'm conveying messages and just being very aware is one piece. And the other piece for me is personal responsibility. So a lot of what I'm going to share today has to do with essentially taking responsibility for your experience and speaking it as such versus, um, I think the tendency I see in my own life, in myself and those around me sometimes is to 
speak about my experience in a way that's either kind of indirect and meta and confusing, or I'll speak about my, my experience in a way that blames you for it. So this might happen more in conflict. <clears throat> so responsible speaking is saying, I'm going to take responsibility for my experience and I'm going to talk about it that way. And additionally, I'm just going to be aware of the words I'm using so that I'm not unconsciously putting blame or judgment on other people when I'm really just trying to talk about what I'm feeling. So the, the first piece I want to talk about today is I language versus you language. So I language sounds like this would be an example of I language. I feel scared right now. Uh, you language is, would be something like, you are big, mean, and scary. So if you, let's put that in a little bit of context. Let's say your partner and you are in an argument and your partner just maybe got kind of big and loud and you're feeling scared. One way to express that would be saying, you're big and mean and scary right now. And so notice you are, the, that's the you language. Another way to express, so notice how that's, what you're trying to say is I feel scared. I'm scared right now. But you're, in that instance, it's being framed in a way where you're talking about the other person's behavior. So it's very deflective. It's like indirectly talking about your experience. Um, I find it much more direct just to say, I'm feeling scared right now. So you can convey the same message, but in a way that doesn't, because if you say, I'm feeling scared right now, there's not much to argue about, right? It's your experience. You're just sharing what's real for you. I feel scared. That's true. If you point your finger at the other person and say, you're big and scary and mean right now, I mean, that's a spark. Now you've got an argument. What? I'm not mean. You're being mean, right? And you can, I don't even need to go there. You guys already know how this tumbles into um, what can be a really long and tumultuous conflict. So uh, I think I language has the ability to, it's just owning your experience and it gives the other person a chance to maybe get curious about that. Oh, wow, you're feeling scared. Tell me more. Why is that? You know, I didn't mean to scare you. Is it because of me that you feel scared? It gives them a chance to feel curious where if you're using you language, it can be perceived as very blamey and attacky. So if the other person feels attacked, it's not very likely they're going to be able to share genuine curiosity about or with you in that moment. And as you guys know, if you've been listening to me, curiosity breeds compassion. So it's all in service of a more compassionate discussion versus a really heated and um, kind of nasty argument is the way things can go if, if we're not skilled in our language. So it's less blamey. It's more empowering to use I language. It's more true. You're talking about your experience rather than your projections and judgments of someone else. That may or may not be true. That's just how you perceive them in that moment, right? So using I language versus you language, this is my first tip for responsible speaking. 
Number two, the second tip here I want to share. Um, this is a, so this is something I learned from my teacher, Jason Gaddis, and I can't remember who he learned it from, um, but he learned it from someone else. And I just think it's an amazing tool. It's so simple. So I want everyone to know how to do this. And it's called sharing impact. So sharing impact sounds like this. When you come home late and don't call, I feel worried and scared. So notice I'm stating a behavior that's true. Let's say in this instance, my partner just came home, you know, an hour late and he didn't call. So it's true. When, when you come home late and don't call, that just happened. It's the, the thing about sharing impact, that first part has to be a fact. It can't be something that can be argued. So um, you came home late and you didn't call. That's true. Um, you know, you just raised your voice. That's true. Now, if you say, when you were mean to me, that is, you know, that's a perception. Because if you ask someone, you know, if you ask the person, he might say, I, I wasn't being mean. So I'm hoping you guys see what I'm saying here. This part, in order for this to really work, that first part needs to be a true fact or event that occurred that you both agree on. There's no way to argue it. It's not a perception. It's, you know, you show, you you were going to be home at 10 and you got home at 1030. It's a fact that you were late. You raised your voice. Like we both just noticed the volume of your voice go up. It's true. So just make sure whatever you're talking about is true and can't be argued. Um, but once, once you have that, you can share how you feel. So essentially what this is, it's a way to say how someone else's behavior impacted you without blaming them, right? Because truthfully, it's not their fault that you feel that way, but it is true that their actions triggered something in you to, and now you feel that way. So to go back to my example, when you come home, I feel worried and scared. That sounds a lot different than you made me so worried and scared. Do you guys hear the difference? So you made me scared. You made me go crazy. I was walking around the house and, you know, so you can just hear in that language how um, it's got that blame behind it. And let me just say when, and don't take my word for this, put this into your own experience and see if it's true. But when I feel blamed, like someone's trying to tell me, you know, it's my fault, I fucked up, um, because of me, they're sad, broken, hurt, whatever it is, I, my heart closes up a little bit. It's like a defense mechanism because I feel like I have to protect and defend myself against their accusations. And when my heart is close up, closed up, I'm so much less likely to be able to feel compassion and understanding. Um, you know, I'm more in my animal brain at that point. So another bonus to sharing impact is you can help open up the person that you're talking. So let's say you're do using this in conflict. It's a really helpful tool in conflict. Um, whoever you're having a conflict with, you can help soften them and open them up by just speaking about your own experience, but still sharing the impact because you want them to know how you feel, right? It's all about how we word it 
determines how they're going to receive it. Does that make sense? Your delivery has everything to do with how the other person receives your message. Damn, that's brilliant. (laughs) I'm going to say that one more time. Your delivery has everything to do with how well the other person is going to receive your message. So let's just take a moment right now, sisters and brothers, put your hand in the air and just own, I am responsible for conveying my messages in a way that the other person can receive. Ah, Like how empowering does that feel? It's like, let's just take responsibility for how we speak and therefore how people understand us, you know? Um, feels really good for me. So again, second tip here, sharing impact. Um, when you smile at me that way, I feel a tingly sensation in my heart. When you call me on the weekends to check in, mom, um, it makes me feel really loved and cared for. When you bring me to a party and then I don't see you again all night because you're busy with other people, I feel ignored and sad. Okay, those are some examples. Um, But that's called sharing impact. So that's tip number two. All right, let's keep going. Tip number three, setting context and checking in. So what setting context means is kind of giving And you can do, this can almost apply to like any situation, but setting context is like um, giving the other person a preview of like what's about to come. Okay, so I'm finding the words are hard to come up with, but I'm going to give you an example so maybe this would help. Um, So this is like before you're about to breach a big conversation. Okay, so I consider a big conversation... Really anything where like you have a desired outcome. So that could be resolution, understanding. Maybe you just want compassion. Maybe you just want to be heard. Perhaps you just want to vent and someone to say they're there. It's going to be okay. But it's like a conversation where you're about to talk. Perhaps the other person's going to talk and you're looking for some kind of desired outcome. Okay, this isn't small talk or like, hey, let's go over the grocery list type thing. This is, you know, maybe... One example could be there's something up in your relationship and you're needing to have a talk about it. Maybe you haven't been having sex, you've been disconnected, um, you know, maybe something happened and you need to share that with your partner. So any, any of these kind of talks where you need to like get comfortable, you know, um, that's when you want to set context. So the things, there's like kind of four pillars. Man, it'd be cool if I could make a cool acronym out of this, but I don't have it right now, so... <laughs> Um, what to do before you breach a big conversation. Okay, point one, time frame. So like, in you know, you're not going to know exactly, but how long do you need this person to be available for you right now? Is this a, I need five minutes to vent about work, are you available? Is this, ooh, this is a big conversation, are you available for 30 to 40 minutes? I'm going to need more than an hour. Um, get clear on your time frame. And the reason we're doing this is because we want to make sure the other person's actually available for that amount of time. If they're not, but we don't do this check-in and we just go into the conversation, now you've got someone who's captively listening to you, who's just 
you're talking and talking and they weren't available. So they're checked out, not present, not really hearing you, not really getting your world, feeling your experience with you. You know, instead, maybe they were in the midst of like a really intense work email or the football draft that, you know, that's whatever people care about. You know, maybe they were watching a horse video or a cat video and now their mind's distracted and so they're not present for you. This is why we're doing the check-in because for me, I'd rather, I'd rather have a conversation with someone who could be present in an hour or tomorrow than that same conversation with that same person right now, but they're unable to be present with me. Does that make sense? Curious how you guys feel about that. Feel free to shoot me an Instagram DM and let me know. Um, so setting context. So we're going to do time frame, theme. What's the general theme of this? Um, you know, hey, I need to talk about something that happened last weekend between us. Or, hey, I need to talk about something that's going on with my mom. and Like her health. And I'm really scared. You know, so give them the theme, kind of the headline, so they can prepare, okay, am I available for that type of conversation? So we've got time frame, theme, the goal. So I was talking about this briefly before, but what do you want out of this? Um, this has been so helpful for me in my relationship to be really clear when I'm wanting Warren to just let me vent and, like, agree with me, even if he doesn't really, you know, like maybe I'm, let's say I'm, I mean, the, <laughs> let's say I'm venting about my boss, which is Warren. That's funny, so I wouldn't be doing that to him. But let's say I was uh, somebody else and I'm venting about my boss. Do I want him to actually tell me what he thinks? Or do I just want him to be like, yeah, you know what? Your boss is a dick. You know, like what do I want in that moment? Sometimes I just want someone to collude with me and be like, yeah, your day sucked, dude. You're right. Fuck that. And then sometimes I want someone to actually call me on my bullshit and help me figure some stuff out, right? Um, so do you want solutions? Do you want compassion? Do you need to resolve something with this person? Is this like, no, we need to work together here. This is an issue we're having. Um, do you need understanding? You know, so get clear on the goal of this conversation. So those are the three things I want you to clear on before you even come to your partner or whoever, your boss, your friend, your roommate. Have the time frame, theme, and goal already in mind. And then once we have these three things, we're essentially going to let them know, hey, this is the conversation I'm trying to have. And then we're going to check in to see if they're available for that. So let me just demonstrate that quick. Uh, hey, Warren, I was wondering if you have about 20 minutes to talk. There's this really weird thing going on between a couple of my friends and I got involved. Um, I'm really just wanting to know your thoughts on if I should take action here or not. So I just kind of want to be heard and then I actually want your advice. Uh, do you have about 20 minutes for that? Is this a good time? See that? Like so clearly, under 15 seconds, he gets a nice, neat little layout of like, okay, I'm like, hmm, let me check. Then he gets a chance to go, let me check in with myself. Okay, 20 minutes. I think I could do that. What's the subject? Because, you know, for some people, maybe he's like, yeah, okay, I could talk about friends. But if I had to talk about grief over my mom, you know, that's a heavier subject. Maybe he wouldn't really be available for that at this moment. Um, and then the goal. And the reason you share the goal is so that the per the listener knows how to serve you. <laughs> I'll share a funny story. Um, it's funny to me, but in the beginning of my relationship, 
I, this is before I kind of adopted this whole little technique about setting context and checking in. Um, I would go to Warren and I just want, I kind of want to just like vent and I was upset and I wanted him to basically like soothe me and, you know, there, there, it's going to be okay type of thing. Um, and so I would come to him and I don't need, it's been many years now, but whatever it was, I'd come to him and just be upset and, oh, and this and this and this and just kind of wanting someone to pat my back and say, it's going to be okay. And he would literally start calculating solutions and be like, okay, here's the action plan. We could do this and this and this. And I'm like in tears over here, just wanting like a back rub and like, dude, no, like what? This is, and I would leave feeling so unsatisfied. I mean, I just, it's not at all what I wanted. I didn't feel soothed. I didn't feel any better. Um, and so finally I realized, oh, like I was able to tease it out that like, oh, he's, he's like from a kind and caring place offering me solutions. Cause that's what he knows best. He's a man, he's a thinker, builder, like, you know, I bring him a problem. He's going to start thinking of a solution. And so I just need to ask for what I want in these situations. And so now I always prefix a big conversation with context. Like I just laid it out, time frame, theme, goal. And then, hey, are you available for this? If he is available or she or whoever, fuck yeah, that's amazing. And we will proceed. Um, now you have to realize by checking in, you are offering up the solution that they're, the person you're trying to talk to is not available. We don't really entertain that option when we just trap someone in a corner and start talking to them or talking at them, right? <laughs> Not much of an option there for them to say no. Um, but in this case, they might say, you know what? I'm, I'm actually not available for that right now. And so first of all, that just has to be okay with you. If you're going to do this and, you know, take on the setting context and checking in before conversation, just know that they might not be which means you will get rewarded later with a more present and fulfilling actual conversation with a human who's actually tuned in with you versus a checked out, possibly triggered because they feel kind of trapped um, conversation now. So in my world, it's a no-brainer. But for some people, it's like, no, nah, dude, I need to do this right now, whether you're ready or not. So then this might not be the strategy for you. Um, but when you do check in, they're either going to say yes or no. If not, I just try and say, okay, when, when do you think you'll be available? Do you think you have time, sometime tonight, or do you think we need to go in tomorrow morning? And if it's, if it's something that I'm, I feel like I can't even focus or sleep right or eat right until we talk about this, I'll name that, you know? So I'll say, okay, you're not available right now, um, I'm just going to share that this is really pressing on me and the sooner we can talk this through, I know I'm going to be able to breathe, sleep, eat better and I respect your space and your availability. So when do you think you'll be able to have time to um, go here and have this conversation? Right, so again, I'm, I'm really trying not to make him feel trapped or blamed or like, you need to do this right now. That can feel very suffocating to some people. Um, I'm a very connective, emotional gal, so that is not suffocating to me. <laughs> if Warren comes to me and he's like, I want to talk to you right now about my deep feelings in my childhood, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> 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 
But I know that for many, that is like so suffocating. So you, it's really important to approach this whole thing with space, especially in the bigger conversations, y'all. Like um, just be able to try and remain open and hold space for when they're going to be able to connect on this. Okay, and sweet. So setting context and checking in and essentially getting permission to start this big conversation. That's our third tip. Um, we are on to the fourth and final tip. So this tip is about speaking directly about your own experience rather than speaking in kind of like meta or like hypothetical terms. So this has to do with, you know, if you're essentially if you're in an intimate setting. Um, I don't really like, I mean... To each their own. If I'm going to talk about my experience at all, I'm probably in an intimate setting where I want to do that. And frankly, that's kind of where I hang out these days. So it's it's rare that I'm not in a place kind of surrounded by intimately chosen beings. My inner squish, <laughs> as I now call it, thanks to my friend Warren for that. Not my boyfriend Warren, but my friend Warren. He, he led me on to that name. Inner squish. I just love it. Um... So anyway, if I'm talking about my experience, I'm typically going to be in an intimate place. So I'm not, so for me, it's like, I'm always going to want to make it about, just speak directly about me. There might be some of you out there that are like, okay, sometimes I'm in a social setting where it's like not that intimate and I don't really want people to know I'm talking about my experience because we're not that close. So I talk about it in like meta hypotheticals. And so I could see that, like if that works for you. Um, so what I'm trying to say is there might be a time and place for this and I'm talking about when you're when you're connecting with your fucking peeps like when you're in an intimate setting and you're trying to share maybe a painful or hard experience maybe it's a joyful one Um, this actually happened to me with a client so I'll even say if you're talking to your coach or therapist or whoever you go to um, just speaking directly so that would be the difference of like I'll give an example. So this is an example of speaking kind of more like meta, hypothetical. Um, Say, you know how when we're scared, we kind of will act out a little bit and maybe uh, under that pressure, we might do something we regret, you know? And then the direct, speaking directly version of that would be, hey, dude, I can I do you have a minute? I just need to get something off my chest. I was fucking scared the other day because me and my partner have been getting really serious and I I love it and at the same time there's a part of me that's so fucking scared of it. And so I went out and I did something I regret. I I reached out to a coworker who there's flirty energy with and I got a drink with him and Nothing happened, but we did flirt all night, and I feel terrible. So do you see the difference there? It's like, and (laughs) so it's like one's just honestly to me confusing. Like I get confused sometimes when people talk to me in too much like meta because I'm like, wait, is did this happen to you? Or like are you leading into like a fictional tale? I don't really know where this is going. Um, So for me personally, it can feel confusing when – you know, I'm connecting with a friend and they start talking about something meta. And I'll just, at this point, I'll just say, did this happen to you? Are you talking about yourself? (laughs) And that'll kind of, and 
you know, these are good friends. They know me enough to feel invited by that. And um, so then they'll talk about their own experience. But this is my fourth tip. Uh, Just see if you do this. Like, notice if you do this with people in your life. If you make your experience kind of meta and, like, grand. Like, you know how we all just kind of make it, like, very, like, yeah, you know how everyone is when really you're just talking about yourself. Um, See if you do that and notice. And, um, you know, is it... Is it a, what does it mean for you? Is it a way to kind of detach from your own experience? Maybe this is a painful one and it's easier to sort of detach yourself from that by speaking about it in sort of a hypothetical way. Um, Is it, you know, what is it? I don't know. I'm curious. I'd love to hear your story. So feel free to reach out to me and share if this is you. And you're like, huh, I do speak in a lot of metas. Um... I will say with my client who I experienced this with, she really just hadn't accepted the things she was talking about yet. It was really hard for her to accept. And so she was talking about it in a meta kind of way. And when I called her out of that, called her out on that lovingly, she just broke down. Well, I we it took a little bit of prying, but once we got there, I said, is this you? Are you describing what happened? Is this going on with you? And she just broke down. It was like she finally accepted on a body like level, like, yes, this is my experience right now. So um, it can be interesting to explore that if, if this is you or if, well, if it's, if it's someone you know, it's not really yours to explore. But um, yeah, I just get curious about that stuff. So number four, speak directly about your own experience rather than speaking in kind of meta hypotheticals. All right, (laughs) y'all. This has been a pleasure to bring you some what I think are really fabulous tips on responsible speaking. Um, These have been tuned over time in my own life with me and my clients and my people. And I mean, it's just changed my life. I speak so much differently than I did two years ago and it feels empowering and it truthfully it builds connection it's less often nowadays like honestly rarely as I think about it right now I I can't even think of an experience in the last I don't even know how long um where I really blame or attack someone with my language it's just language is so powerful and I've seen how that makes people shut down. So I've chosen to fucking practice this stuff and get skilled at it. And it's like super awkward at first. I'm not going to lie to me, at least it was so awkward at first because I wasn't used to it. Like even sharing impact that felt strange to me. Cause I used to just say, well, you, you hurt me, you know, you hurt me. And, and then all of a sudden I'm saying, Hey, when you said that thing, I felt hurt. That's, Like, just doing that felt so weird to me at first. Um, So I'm just sharing that because it might feel weird to you. And that's okay. Any transformation, shift, change is going to feel a little clunky and awkward. Uh, Us humans prefer things to stay the same. And (laughs) the beautifully tragic thing about us is that nothing is constant. Everything is temporary. We are constantly shifting and moving. So I invite you to shift and move the way you speak in your relationships today. I'm going to leave you with a call to action. I haven't done that in a few weeks, but I'm 
I want to try and do that at the end of every episode to give you guys an actual kind of little assignment to go out there and try in the world. Um, I think it can help to integrate some of these tools that I'm sharing. So your call to action is in the next week before we are together again, go share impact with two people in your life. I want at least one of these people to be around something that upset you because I think that one's a little harder and I want to challenge you because you're a fucking badass. Um, you can do both people. So you could sharing impact about something that upset you versus, there, as I shared earlier, those positive ways to share impact. I want at least one of these sharing impact experiences to be a harder one. So this could be your partner, a coworker, a roommate. I know y'all out there, if you have roommates, we all know how annoying roommates can be, right? <laughs> and if you have a coworker, same story. And your partner, I heard you know, okay? <laughs> it could be a family member. Um, so I don't want to hear any of this. Well, nobody upset me in the last week because that is baloney sauce and you know it. <laughs> all right. And please, if you do this, because you're fucking awesome, tell me about it. I really want to hear about your guys' experience. Um, make a little video on Insta story. Instagram's like where I hang out the most, but you can reach me other places. Um, if you're on Instagram, make a little Insta story telling me about how it was to share impact and tag me in it at relationship badass. Um, or if you want to stay more private about it, you could shoot me a personal message. You guys can find me on my website, relationshipbadass.com, relationshipbadass at gmail.com is my email. Lots of ways to reach me and share your experiences. So I'd really love to hear from you guys. Um, let me know if you do this and how it went. And even if it was uncomfortable, I still want to hear about it. Um, yeah. So that's your call to action. As always, thank you for being here. Um, I love you guys. It, it means it's just, it's so fun to come here and talk to y'all. So, um, leave me reviews, leave me ratings, shoot me a text message or an Insta message letting me know you listen to this. Um, I'd love to connect with you. I, I don't know who you guys are and they want to, um, but yeah, thanks for showing up here. If you're new, thanks for showing up. If you've been here before, thanks for showing up again and taking charge and action to become a more credible, badass, empowered human being. We need more of you on this planet. So thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you in the next episode. Catch you then.